Welcome back to Menace Podman, your NBA and fantasy basketball podcast. I am Scott Keller, along with the uh, the big man Steve St. Pierre. Um, today yes, we sir. are going <laughs> to today we're going to try and put the uh, the buggy whip here on our thirty third regular installment of Menace Podman. Um, hopefully, you enjoy listening to it as much as we love recording it. Um, but uh, yeah, not to really throw you a a curveball or a, a yellow hammer um, <laughs> with the, with these baseball references, but uh, locally, um, uh, wonderful Detroit Tigers broadcaster, former player, world champion Jim Price uh, passed away the other day. Great, great man, um, legend. Yeah, that was a big part of my childhood growing up and adulthood growing up and things like that. Um, big autism advocate too. Um, his his son Jackson actually uh, has autism, and that's where. Uh, they have a foundation, Jack's Place for Autism. That's how that was created. So um, just a cool guy. Had a shout out. Pay some uh, respects to him. Rest in peace. Um, let's see. And I always feel like I just move on from those really quick. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no. Um, so a quick rundown for the show real quick. Um, we'll start for uh, a few first things. Um, we've got the uh, W. I got some WNBA update stuff. I, we got a bunch of random news. So. Um, Steve's got his pieces of NBA news and updates. Um, then we'll finish with our team breakdowns where we got to hop back into, uh, what's, uh, East group a finish up with Cleveland, Indiana, Detroit, um, time permitting. We'll hop into East group B, Milwaukee, New York, Miami, Washington, and Charlotte. So settle in and enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> Put your seats in an upright position and <laughs> enjoy the ride. <laughs> All right. So let's get started. I didn't go live, so I don't have my thing. Hopefully it goes here really quick. Otherwise, you're going to have to do it live. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Name on your paper, first Name thing. Name <laughs> on your paper, first thing. Oh, okay. We'll get that. I'll get that fixed. Anyways, first and foremost, uh, got to shout out Residents Maui, Big Island, Hawaii. We've seen news recently. Uh, crazy with the... The, the fires, wildfires going there, just the yeah. cities. Being Name on your paper, first thing. There it goes. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, anyways, my wife and I actually visited Maui back in November 2018. Uh, went to Lahaina and everything, so it's just it's crazy to see that city just completely basically burnt down so insane stuff um thoughts prayers to all those people affected over there and uh climate change as it's probably one thing that caught can spark anxiety in people and mental health issues for sure and uh that's kind of what we're leading into here um we've seen the recent news uh, obviously i think last week we talked about Brittany griner real quick um she yeah. was out a few games i think three games total mm-hmm. Um, take care of her mental health. And now just recently we saw the news about uh, Ricky Rubio uh, taking a pause as well. Yeah, it sucks. It sounds like his family's going through a, a, a major issue and that's pretty much all we know. Obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to Rubio and to his entire family. Hope everything's okay. Um, you know, he's putting his basketball career on pause. I'm not sure what that means. You know, I think it's safe to assume. We, we know he's not going to play in the World Cup. Um, I don't know if he's going to play any further in the NBA. Um, if, you know, if this is it, if this is the end of his career, I mean, he's had an outstanding career. 
Um, he's made a huge impact worldwide from a very young age. Um, you know, he's had a very uh, tremendously positive effect on the NBA and, and really just the world as a whole, you know, and just how the game's gone global. He's been a big part of that. So I hope he knows that. I'm sure he does. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. He's still with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's still on their roster. Uh, we'll, we'll break down their roster, um, you know, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens here. Hopefully he can come back. Hopefully everything's okay. And hopefully he can keep his career going. But if he doesn't for any reason, um, it's been a great ride. Definitely. Um, yeah, I never, I never tried to make this, uh, this uh, podcast too like political or anything, but I like to start with some good news, obviously, and some just uh, awareness of things. And I mean, just yeah. mental health is just huge. It's on the forefront. We see it now um, all the time. Uh, anxiety disorders and the like mental issues affect, you know, over 40 million people in what the country, the world. I don't, I don't know where, I think it's the world probably, but uh, yeah, we see everything, depression, suicide, things like that. And uh, it seems to be a little more, uh, accepted nowadays to kind of reveal your struggles. I always had a hard time with it because myself personally, I don't feel like I struggle with anything that much. I have some anxiety issues and stuff, but I think we yeah. kind of, I think we, I think everybody in the world has some sort of mental issue. It's just kind of, or mental uh, health issue. It's just some are more uh, extreme than others. And yeah. some people are able to uh, control them a little bit better. So. Yeah, I know. I have some of my own as well. I mentioned in the behind the mic episode that there was a period where I was a stay at home dad for a little while. And a lot of that was mental health related, just kind of taking time off to get myself right, to get my mind right. And then also, you know, to make sure that my family was good and safe. You know, that was during the pandemic. Uh, but even going before that, I was having a, a little bit of a hard time um, in my professional life, just kind of finding a home and, and finding a right fit and kind of bounced around for a little bit. So I needed that time to kind of unwind and kind of reset, um, you know, kind of reestablish where my priorities were in life. And and it really helped. It got me in a good spot mentally. And, and then physically it got me in a good spot because I wound up, you know, getting a job that I love and, and truly appreciate and, and feel like I'm a great fit. So it, it worked out well. Uh, but yeah, taking that time, for my mental health was what established all of it and, and created all of it. So I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I was going to say, even myself today, as we record this, I'm taking a little bit of a mental health day for my professional job this afternoon. Well deserved. Can I hit up the, the baseball game, do some golfing? Uh, with Go Tigers. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know where else to go with this other than I actually, one other thing I watch, I don't know if you have, but, uh, uh, Hassan Minhaj in the Patriot Act. He was a correspondent with, who was it? Which Daily Show? I can't even remember. Trevor Noah, maybe? I can't remember. I think um, so. But he's uh does Netflix stuff now and I, really good stuff. He's got awesome stuff. Yeah. I love him. I love his material. I love his presentation. It's just like some you know political exposés and stuff. Um, He actually just did one probably three years ago on mental health and it was amazing. So it's awesome if anybody wants to look up. They're like quick. Uh, less than 30 minute kind of episodes of, on different uh, uh, materials that he approaches. But he just talked about how hard it is to get medical insurance to cover help for mental health and stuff, which some people need. And um, it's just, it's insane, but it's a, it, basically if you just need support, um, obviously we talked about the other week, the, the two one one thing you can reach out to, they can hook you up with the right people. And mm -hmm. you also got friends, family and all that stuff. So just never, 
you got anything going on in your life, talk about it. Let it out. We're all human. You know, we're all in this together. You know, it, we're we're all part of this, you know, world and, and the part of this journey. You know, let's help each other out. True that. All right. So moving on to my next topic here, I got um, we saw kind of the expansion here with it somehow becomes basketball related still here. <laughs> so um, like the Big Ten expansion and stuff, they're adding the schools out west, like the UCLA, uh, UCLA's Washington, Oregon, we saw recently, mm -hmm. uh, USC. Um, so now we got the Big Ten, um, other conferences too, are doing the same thing, adding things in. Um, and basically, I would assume it's just all about TV revenues and money. I think that's the only thing to me that makes sense. Um, and we just saw... So we're seeing schools. So this expects, you know, basketball as NCAA basketball. We got people that have to travel from, you know, East coast, like Rutgers and Maryland, and they're traveling all the way over to UCLA for some away game. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, it the is. whole, uh, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of off the top of my head is, but just the dynamics of having to go coast to coast is insane for college kids. I would, I think. And we saw the, uh, the football coach, head football coach, um, Eli Drinkwitz, I think they call him Coach Drink, I saw, which is a pretty sweet name. <laughs> yeah, great name. Um, he was actually, there was, uh, I think it was like before or after a practice, um, he was talking. He was just talking about how nobody's putting these kids, asking these kids, putting their uh, mental health first. And he was talking about one of the biggest um, downfalls and reasons people fall into uh, mental health issues is because of lack of sleep and lack of rest. And he was just saying, man, we got to put these kids first when we think about this stuff. Um, and I just want to say, preach coach drink. That's awesome. <laughs> exactly. Well said. Yep. Uh, let's see. So yeah, moving on real quick. We mentioned ESPN doing crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> they were in discussions with the NBA. We talked about streaming stuff. Um, well, not just the NBA, different, uh, leagues, um, maybe get some exclusive deals. Now we saw this week they actually teamed up with Penn and they're going to create ESPN Bet. So ESPN is getting to the sports betting industry. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. That's uh, insane uh, crossing those two streams together. I, I don't it know. It is, but we talked about how ESPN's getting desperate and, yep. you know, they're looking to, you know, kind of resurrect themselves and you know, with the way that sports is going, this is kind of the direction that I think they need to take. So, um, yeah, you know, everybody has their opinions on ESPN and stuff. I, I'm just not real big on any of the, the talk shows and stuff like that. I just, you know, I feel like other than our podcast <laughs> and maybe a few others, you know, like fantasy related and stuff, I just, I'm not too interested in, in just having people sit around and just talk about their opinions and stuff. I'd rather just hear about the games themselves and hear about the athletes and hear from the athletes directly. That's why I almost prefer podcasts when these athletes are all on these podcasts, they're talking about themselves, you know, first person, you know, through their own eyes and, and their own experiences. So um, it's just way more valuable to me as a sports fan than some Joe Schmo who's never played the game before and wants to just sit there and criticize and be all negative and stuff. And it's always, it's so much yelling and, and negativity. And again, going back to mental health, I mean, it's just good to kind of, it, for me personally, I just, you know, that's where I, I'm not a, the biggest fan of, of ESPN and other networks that have programming like that. I'm just not into it. I don't really get anything out of it as a sports fan. 
yeah, I think all the programming today, we have all the, uh, you know, apps and crap on our phones, social media, that's all has a huge effect, obviously, I think, as we see the spiking of this, this type of stuff. And uh, yeah, so if anything you get out of the first uh, 12 minutes of this podcast, ESPN is bad for your mental health. (laughs) And having said that, so now if ESPN shifts gears and focuses more on like betting and stuff like that, that could be way more beneficial because now you're talking about people that are trying to do something to win money and, and, you know, just create more entertainment and they'll be helping with that versus ignoring it or, you know, talking about something differently. This is something that I think will help their audience. And I think, you know, better them in the long run. Agreed. Cause yeah. And as far as we're concerned, it's like fantasy betting and fantasy to me almost come hand in hand. It's like yeah, to, to no come from the same tree for sure. So I think if they start having more betting shows, which they will definitely, um, they'll start talking about stats and things like that. That'll get me more interested. Well, I love betting too. And if you want to bet, you can no, go on outlier <laughs> dot bet. That's make right. some bets. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, Roll yeah. that dice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> man I didn't have that one queued up <laughs> all right anyways enough of about that topic i'm gonna run in here real quick and get this WNBA update here's the update um so if you're playing fantasy WNBA, this is the last week of regular season fantasy obviously if you're playing you probably know unless you're one of those people that just drafted a team and never made any moves the entire year <laughs> um but yeah, so playoffs are about to start. I actually have two teams. I, I've talked about them a couple of times and one is eight and one and they're just rolling. I don't know if anybody's going to stop them. The other one, I'm. it's up to this week if I might even make the playoffs. So Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, last week we talked about uh, Diana Taurasi passing 10,000 points. She did that three-pointer, pretty cool moments. Um, that was all around. So congrats again to her. Um, Absolutely. Also, we're seeing a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know what the word, um, spicy. The WNBA is getting really spicy. We're seeing a lot of uh, kind of altercations like on court and stuff. We saw some stuff with Odyssey Sims, uh, Dana Evans between Dallas and Chicago. Um, we Chippiness. Saw some, yeah, yeah. We saw some stuff with Brittany Sykes, uh, Washington, and Clarendon, uh, the Sparks. And that one was actually really interesting because Clarendon kind of reached around and almost threw her to the ground. So that was that was interesting. But Basically, what I'm getting at is there the W. I love the WNBA, and I've said it many, many times. And you don't have to love the WNBA because of the skill compared to the NBA, but the passion, the competitive juices exactly. that these players have, it's just as high and competitive as the NBA is, and that's what makes it a great product to me. So. It's hoops, man. Um, it's so basketball. Yeah. So yeah, from a betting standpoint, from a daily fantasy standpoint, from a just any fantasy standpoint. And just watching the game. It's awesome. I love the WA, WNBA and nobody's going to change my mind. So, <laughs> Agreed. Um, as far as just stuff, we saw New York get spanked. Uh, New York spanked Las Vegas, excuse me, earlier yeah. this week, which was a rather surprise. Um, Insane. But uh, Asia Wilson had an awful shooting night. I think she was like two for 14 or something. And she's like, I'm never going to do that again. Um, and then Las Vegas came out and absolutely dominated Dallas in the next game. So yeah. obviously it was just kind of a one-off, um, but I think they'll be all right. But I'm pretty mm, sure it's, it's still a collision, night. still a collision course between those teams to meet in the finals. But Hopefully, because that'll yeah. be entertaining. Yep. 
And then, so we we also way back season one, episode twelve, we talked about the Nike Sabrina ones. Um, they were we talked about how great it was, you know, the the exposure to the WNBA players getting their own shoes and stuff. But they actually yeah, finally right. got shipped out, and none only than Mikhail Bridges actually wore them and sported them in Vegas uh, for Team USA the other day. So that was sweet. Yeah, he's awesome. But uh, another yeah. classy move from him. Exactly. That guy's unstoppable. Um, and speaking of unstoppable, Team USA played Puerto Rico in a little tune-up in the World Cup. I did happen to watch that game. I didn't even know it was on. I I, messed, I was going to going to bed at night, and I just kind of I was like, oh, man, I forgot this game was on. Watched the whole thing. Pretty good game. I don't know if you watched any of it. I did not, and I was going to record it. I couldn't stay up, but I was going to record it and try to watch it the next day. But we had stuff going on, and I just I saw the score early on, and I just kind of looked at it and just said, "All right, yeah." I <laughs> but mean, I am going to try to watch um, as many of the games as possible. Yeah, I was going to say the first half was really close, actually, and then uh, second half, that was it. Uh, USA's outscored Puerto Rico sixty-seven to thirty-one in the second half, so. They ended up winning big, but I love I love the team. I love watching that team. Um, it's a bunch bunch of young guys. Um, U.S. and you know Team USA managing director is Grant Hill. Yep. Um, he's put together a sweet team. Um, I just love. I feel like they're all fantasy relevant uh, players and stuff. I I just love them all, and I love I love the youth on the team, and they're just going to develop these guys and be great for the Olympics and things going forward. So it's pretty cool. Couldn't agree more. And then one other note from Puerto Rico, Tremont Waters. He actually had a pretty good game, and he looked pretty solid. He's got, um, he's got some crazy handles. Oh, oh, oh! oh my handles! Oh, it's my dribbles! And, uh, oh, it's my handles! But yeah, I, I mean, I, I had to go back, and I was like, man, I can't remember how his, you know, how his career has been. He's been up and down all over the place. Um, but I don't know. He might have caught the eye of some, some teams, you know, just the other day. So. Yeah, he's definitely got a chance. We'll see if he can. Uh find his way back all right so i'm gonna pass this over to you i think you get some uh news and notes for us yeah and i think uh talking about the world cup is a perfect segue here because i wanted to start off with Giannis anadokounmpo um they're apparently doing some testing on his knee um sounds like he could miss the world cup um he's set to play for greece if he's healthy and can do it but we're not really sure. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. It's kind of, it gets kind of funky with these reports because sometimes they can get kind of mixed up in translation. So we have to be kind of careful. Um, Chris Stapp's Porzingis. There was a rumor that he was dealing with some kind of foot issue, but um, Latvian basketball has basically come out and denied those rumors and saying that he's fine. So um, I wanted to bring it up. I'm not big on spreading rumors and stuff like that, but I'm also really big on like, if there's a really good player that has a potential injury, let's at least acknowledge that there's a possibility that there's something there. I mean, we're getting ready to, um, get into mock drafts and stuff like that for fantasy and, and making our rankings and stuff. So if somebody's hurt, you know, that's going to ding them, you know, potentially a round or two, maybe more depending on the severity. So. Um, anytime there's any kind of news on an injury or anything, I, I want to just bring it up, just address it. Um, and of course we can follow up, you know, so we'll keep an eye on both of those players and we'll see what happens from here. Um, Vletko Chanchar of the Denver Nuggets, unfortunately has a torn left ACL. 
he's likely to miss the upcoming season. So um, that really sucks for Denver because we talked about how they lost Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. They really haven't done too much to replace those guys. And I think they're going to need to make some moves here to add some depth. Um, You know, they've obviously got a great roster, but they've lost a lot of depth. And, you know, if anything happens to their starters or anything, they're going to need some backups. So, um, you know, we'll get into it here the next couple of weeks, but there are still some talented players sitting out there in the free agent list. So, um, you know, if Denver can do anything, sneak in, get some guys on a minimum deal or something like that, they'd be wise to do it. Uh, Frank Nilakina is back. Uh, he signed a one-year deal with the Charlotte Hornets. And to make room for him, uh, the Hornets waived Xavier Sneed. Um, we'll get into the Hornets a little bit. We'll get into their team and their lineup and stuff. But obviously, they've been very busy. They've changed ownership. Michael Jordan is officially out now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have new ownership. So I'm assuming that's going to mean more activity from them. Um, they signed uh, LaMelo Ball to a um, an extension, a max extension. Um, but really, other than that, they haven't done a whole lot this offseason. It's been pretty quiet from a roster standpoint. So I, I'd imagine that now we're going to start to see some activity from them. So this is kind of a start. We'll see where they go from here. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., he signed a one-year deal with the Dallas Mavericks. And I had to look this one up to pronounce it. Numiash Keita has re-signed with the Sacramento Kings. He's signing a standard contract. He was on a two-way <laughs> He was on a two-way deal with the Kings last year. So um, he's back now on a standard deal. We'll see if he can uh, somehow work his way into the rotation. But as we've alluded, they're pretty deep. They got a good squad. Um, either way, good pickup, good continuity there. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say real quick is Evan Fournier – is um, right now listed as day-to-day with a sprained ankle for Team France. Um, he's been very vocal this offseason. He's still on the New York Knicks' roster, but he does not want to be there. He went from being a starter to completely out of the rotation. They completely shut him down last year, didn't play him, didn't use him. And, you know, he's getting a little bit older now. He doesn't want to end his career that way. So, um, you know, he's really hoping that, he gets moved and he thinks that he's going to be. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But if he's hurt, that's only going to hurt his value, which sucks. Yeah, deal. Sweet. That's all I got, my brother. <laughs> I covers it for you. Yep. All right. All right. So that takes care of uh, the first half here. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of the break, we'll hop back into our individual team breakdowns, start with East A that we left off on. So on the other side of this message, you'll hear Cleveland, Indiana, and Detroit. Hey, it's Scott from Menace Podman, and if you love sports and you're a somewhat low-key gambling degenerate like I am, you should definitely check out Outlier.bet. They have a super easy-to-use platform um, supported on both mobile and desktop sites, um, and it really allows you to crunch the numbers and make you get some confidence in the bets that you're making. Um, You can do multiple things um, on Outlier. Uh, You can explore across multiple markets. Uh, you can get suggestions on and curated picks. Um, you can analyze trends, matchup data, line movement, 
and my favorite feature, um, Outlier is integrated with multiple betting sites, so you can seamlessly transfer your picks to automatically fill out your bet slips um, with just as easy as two clicks. Um, so there's a link directly in the show notes to Outlier. You should check them out. Um, click on the link, go to the site, sign up, get a free seven-day trial of Outlier, and go win some money. Okay, so let's pop into back where we left off last week uh, with our, our team breakdowns, and we will start with uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, and, um, you know, we just got done in our last segment talking about Ricky Rubio. So, you know, again, thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Um, but for the rest of this roster, it kind of remains the same, especially their, their starting backcourt. You know, we've talked all about Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. Those guys are... Um, you know, penciled in, um, they're, they're all set. They're going to be good to go. And I think it's going to be pretty much status quo. Same as last year. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be an early round guy. Um, definitely like a second rounder. I think Garland's probably like second, third round. Uh, we've talked all about the importance and fantasy of getting guards early. And those are two guys that, you know, once the really big marquee guys go, you don't want to wait too long to look at guys like them. So, um, yeah, I think they're just going to continue to build on the success that they had last year. Um, I'll say the same thing about Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. They're big men. Um, you know, we talked about how those two looked a little awkward at times during the season playing together side by side. Uh, they looked really bad in the playoffs against the Knicks, particularly Jared Allen. Mm -hmm. uh, and we talked about how he needs to kind of you know, have a comeback here. I think it's coming. I, I think he's a good player. I think it was just kind of a bad set of circumstances, um, somewhat bad matchup. But, you know, I think those two can play together, Allen and Mobley, and I think they'll continue to get better. Um, I think Mobley, they'll continue to expand his role. I think they'll start giving him more touches off offensively, um, let him handle the ball a little bit more and stuff like that. Um the small forward position is completely up for grabs. Uh, we talked about how they brought in Max Struess. They brought in George Niang. Um, they still have Isaac Okoro, Karis Levert, Dean Wade. Um, you know, they've got all those guys. So I think they're all going to see minutes at the, at the three spot. Um, in terms of fantasy, I'm not too high on any of them. I think, you know, it's kind of a thing where we – watch them in, in training camp and preseason. And if somebody stands out, if they're getting more minutes and, and producing more, then maybe you can take a late round flyer on them. But otherwise, um, I think this team kind of is what it is. Uh, with Ricky Rubio out as far as backup point guard, um, obviously Mitchell can handle the ball. He can run some point. Lavert can run some point. And they did bring in Ty Jerome. So I think Jerome's going to see a decent amount of time, especially with Rubio out. And then if Rubio makes his way back, he'll only help them. Yeah, I think exactly what you said. This team is you see what you see is what you get. I don't yeah. I feel like they're gonna be another I don't think they're gonna what they were a four seed last year, right? Playing New York in the five. And I think maybe they drop yeah. a spot or two, but I, I'm sure they're probably still kind of penciled in the same spot as far as playoffs are concerned. But yeah. fantasy wise, yeah. I, I mean I don't I myself personally, um I've talked about how I, I think Evan Mobley, like you said, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen can work together. 
I don't think they've really learned exactly how to work together yet. So hopefully that evolves a little bit more <laughs> this season. Um, but yeah, there's they've they've had injury issues too. Each of them, I know Jared Allen's been out some time. Um, and sometimes what I notice too is it's one or the other. Uh, one gets into foul trouble and the other one takes over. <laughs> it's it's it was very interesting there. Um, but yeah, I I think it's your your main guys, your Garland Mitchell. You're looking at, and uh, I I probably stay away from some of the other guys myself personally, but then you also talked about the small forward position and we have seen, uh, you know, they drafted Imani Bates. If it was looked decent in these, um, random summer league games, obviously that's just summer league, but that'll be really interesting. As as you said, it's kind of a, almost a crapshoot in that position. So who knows, maybe he's at some point in the year, um, some cream that rises to the top and gets some more time, but obviously not, obviously not fantasy relevant right now though. Yeah, and also not fam- fantasy relevant. Uh, Damian Jones, I just wanted to say, though, he was a good pickup for them. We talked about him, too. Um, good backup for Allen and Mobley. And a guy that could come in and maybe kind of help those two. You know, when they're struggling playing together, you could take one of them out, put Damian Jones in, and kind of just balance out the offense a little bit more. Exactly. But, yeah, I don't – I think Cleveland's a pretty uh... – <laughs> they're, they're almost like a boring team to me kind of uh, i mean like you said what you see is what you get they haven't you know made too many changes you know their their star guys are still the same you know they're you know their main players are back for another run yep yeah same coaching staff too exactly uh let's see and speaking of great coaching staffs uh the indiana pacers yeah. <laughs> but this uh, team has made changes Yes, they have, and yeah. Uh, yeah, very nice changes as well. Yeah, but let's start first with the guys that they have um, at the top. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, um, for anybody that listens to this podcast, you know by now, I'm a huge fan. I love this guy. I think he's awesome. I think he's an easy first-round pick in fantasy this year. Um, in fact, I have him number four on my list. I think after the big three of Jokic and Bede and SGA, I'm taking Halliburton all day, every day. You got to get that point guard. He's young. He's got so much talent. Um, he did let me down in fantasy last year because he missed during the fantasy playoffs. He missed some time. Sure. Um, but that's not anything that anyone can help. And, uh, you know, other than that, he was great. He worked out. Um, and yeah, I just, I love his game. And, and I love the fact that, he, like I said, he's young. He's still got room to grow. And yeah, just. Uh, he- Oh, if I have to, it's fun, actually kind of funny because now I'm thinking of him. I I agree. He's a easily a top five first round pick. And I think there's a lot of consensus around if you look at all these different analysts too and fantasy analysts, they a lot of them are on the same page. Tyree Celebrant yeah. to me, if you take him down a notch, it, it reminds me of like a Josh Giddy. And I think a Josh Giddy can almost kind of become numbers wise what uh, Tyree Celebrant can come if he comes to his full potential. And we talked about him the other day. But, yep. But Tyrese Halliburton's insane. Like I, I obviously I don't think Giddy's gonna ever become Halliburton, but athletically, but as far as numbers wise, sometimes yeah, they, and playing next to SGA makes it tougher too. But you never know. Sure, the but they just there. they seem to do one of those things like Halliburton will have a bad shooting night, and then he has like fourteen assists, and that's what Giddy does that a lot. So, yep. And another guy I, I love on this team is Miles Turner, uh, the starting center. He's um, <laughs> you do love him. <laughs> I do. 
Um, he has survived all kinds of. I would of touch tra- you right now if I could. <laughs> <laughs> he survived all kinds of trade rumors and stuff, and he's still here, still going strong. And he's always a very good fantasy player, especially across nine cat. And uh, yeah, he's just another guy that um, I don't mind reaching for. I get him all the time in drafts. He's usually like my first or second center. And um, I love his game. And I think this team has settled, you know, on him. You know, he did he did have to go through a lot of trade rumors and stuff, but I think they've realized that, like, this is the guy that they want to build around. They gave him a good contract extension, so, he, you know, everything's secure now. And they've surrounded these two guys with some good talent. Um, before we get into the new people that they brought in, I just want to say uh, Buddy Heald is still on the roster. He's another one that survived trade rumors. A lot of Lakers fans wanted him to make his way to L.A., and and that, as of now, hasn't happened. Um, Heald's a very good player, and in fantasy, he's always, like, solid. Um, but his role's going to change this year. He actually started off the season last year as a starter, and then he got moved to the bench. And I think he's going to wind up staying in that, like, sixth-man role. Sure. Uh, because And part of the reason is because they brought in Bruce Brown from the Nuggets, and we talked all about Gordon that. Gordon Nuggets. Yeah, I think uh, – I think Brown's going to start. I think he's going to start in the backcourt with Halliburton. And um, I think it's a great fit. You know, Brown, you know, we saw last year with Denver, he can do a little bit of everything. He can handle the ball. Um, He obviously can defend. He can score a little bit. And I think he'll be a fantastic fit with this young team. So I think it's a really good, really good pickup. And another one that we've talked all about is Obi Toppin. I'm a huge fan of Toppin. I think he's a fantastic fit on this team with these guys, with this coaching staff. Um, There were the rumors we said about last year, how, you know, the Pacers were looking at him and I thought that would have been awesome last year. I'm really high on him now. I've been getting him, you know, in almost all my mock drafts with my final pick and I love it. Um, uh, and the, the fifth starter on this team could really be anybody. Um, like I said, you know, healed was starting before, but I think they like him better coming off the bench, bringing that scoring punch. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to look at guys like Ben Matherin, uh, Drace Walker, Andrew Niemhard. Um, yeah, really, uh, Aaron Neesmith, um, any of those guys, Jordan Nora. Yeah. Um, any of those guys have a chance to either start or play, you know, pretty significant minutes off the bench. Um, and because of that, once again, in fantasy, that's kind of a log jam there. Um, that's not something that I really am too interested in right now. But uh, once again, you know, if that's it, a, a position battle to watch in preseason and training camp. And if somebody emerges, cool. But if not, um, you know, I think in real life, those guys are all going to be good and, and, and be beneficial. But in terms of fantasy, that's a situation you probably want to avoid. Pacers are an interesting team. They finished eleventh last year in the in the East, so just outside of that plan. And if I I'd have to look at you know every single team and think about this really hard, but just off the top of my head, the Pacers seem like a team that might make the biggest leap as far as like win totals are concerned. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Um, you know, they look like they're ready to turn a corner. You know, these new pieces have to all fit in place. But if they do, I mean, this team has a lot of depth. You know, even at their big man spots they've got isaiah jackson they've got daniel tice they've got jalen smith who also um began the year as a starter but then got moved to the bench so they just have a lot of depth a lot of upside a lot of promise 
And like you said, they got a great coaching staff. So um, it's only a matter of time, I think, before this team turns a corner. They do have to stay healthy. Correct. You can say that about everybody, though. Yeah, and and you mentioned health, and that's I I think where you look. You talked about the log jam behind the the starters and whatnot, like that. Um, but we saw last year when when Halliburton was hurt, like T.J. McConnell was yes. invaluable to fantasy teams. Um, yep. Same Great with Buddy point. Buddy Heald, like you said, coming off the bench, he was huge. Um, so those are things during the season. Obviously, you can look into even. Uh, Benedict Netherin was amazing last year. Um, but yeah, their depth, just just adding a couple pieces like the OB and the Bruce Brown, like you said, made their depth so much better. And yeah, you go like Aaron Neesmith is a great player. Like yeah. he might be third in line right now as a small forward. So I it's amazing. And then I, I talked about in past podcasts too, Oscar Tachibwe. I love him. He didn't get drafted, um, but he could easily be developed. Obviously, probably not this year, but um, he's got potential moving forward in years to come. Yeah, I think he'll spend the majority of this year in the G League, but, you know, we'll have to see. And again, you know, um, if something happens, he's an option for them. Exactly. But uh, go Pacers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we get to be homers and move on to uh, our Detroit Pistons. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot here to kind of dissect. Um, I don't know that we'll be able to do it all right now <laughs> in this episode here, but we're going to at least kind of try it here a little bit. Um, we've we got to start at the very top here, the backcourt. Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, a um, lot of young upside, uh, a lot of, lot of size, um, you know, just all kinds of skill just all kinds of upside, you know, it's, they're going to be fun to watch, but they have to be healthy. Um, Cade Cunningham, we all know how he missed the majority of last season. Um, and if, if he's hurt again, you know, if he gets hurt, if he goes down at any point, Pistons don't stand a chance. Um, it, from the sounds of it, he's looked really good this summer. Sounds like he's back. Sounds like he's healthy and ready to go. And we thought what Steve, was the Steve Kerr was raving about him. Yeah. 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 And we all know, we know about the size and the skill. And I mean, he can play multiple positions. And because of that, it's going to be really hard to kind of predict where this rotation is going to go. You know, we've got Monty Williams at the helm now. And, um, you know, he's a great coach, but I have no idea what kind of lineup or lineups he's going to be, you know, looking at or what he's got in mind. As far as, so I do think. Cunningham and Ivy will be the starting guards, uh, but that's not set in stone. You know, they still have Killian Hayes. Um, they drafted Osar Thompson. Whoa, whoa, hold me now. Of the Thompson twins. Uh, they brought in a local product, Monty Morris. Um, he's, he's another, you know, guard that's going to add to the rotation here. They brought back Alec Burks. Um, so there is a huge log jam in the backcourt and now we'll get to the front court where you can say the same thing. Um, you know, they've got Jalen Duran, they've got James Weissman, they've got Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, Isaiah Livers, just so many guys, Joe Harris, who they brought in from the Brooklyn Nets. And so, you know, who knows? what the rotation is going to look like. Let's, we don't even know if this is going to be the final roster before the season begins. Um, if it is though, you know, I kind of feel like Bogdanovich is going to start at one of the forward spots and then it just becomes a matter of does Monty Williams want to go with like a, 
bigger lineup or a smaller lineup. And if he wants to go small, he could potentially start, you know, Thompson at the three, or he could start a veteran guy like Harris or Burks, and he could play Bogdanovich at the four, or he could start Bogdanovich at the three and go with a bigger guy at power forward, you know, go with like Isaiah Stewart or Marvin Bagley, or he could even play Weissman and Duran together, which they were doing during the summer league this year. And they did it at times last season as well. So just a lot of options. We'll have to really kind of see how they look in preseason. I'm sure we'll be seeing all different kinds of lineups and, and different ideas being tossed out there. Um, in terms of fantasy, I I don't even know that I'm touching anybody. I mean, I, I, I love Cade Cunningham's upside, but I'm not willing to reach too high for him. Um, I just think there are too many like safer guards that you can take first. I don't, I don't like Cade Cunningham until I actually see him shoot efficiently. And I exactly, yeah. And in terms of nine cat, especially, just very inefficient. You know, like you said, the shooting, the turnovers, they need to improve. Um, I'll say this, the exact same thing about Jay Nivey. Mm-hmm. He was even worse last year, um, so he's got a lot of growing to do. Um, Bogdanovich, he's a fine late round pick just for the scoring and for the role, especially if he stays on the Pistons. You know he'll play as long as he's healthy. Yeah, you're um, like, do I want KCP get... or Bogdanovich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And and you know he could get traded at any time. You know he's definitely uh, highly valued across the league. Any good team wants a guy like him, a veteran guy. That's why they extended his contract because they knew they can trade him at any time and, and they probably will at some point. Uh, and I was going to say, you, you probably, sorry to cut you off there, but you probably, you talked me into this too. Cause Isaiah Stewart, um, kind of same thing. They extended him. And I, I remember reaching out to you off air and I was like, yeah. why, why, what the hell, what, what are they doing? This is stupid. I was like, I don't even like him really. And then they've got all these guys that I like more like Weissman and Duran. And I even like Bagley more than Stewart, but then you kind of brought me back down to earth and, that's kind of where I'm getting back to this, but you were like, that's a contrary thing you hold on to that uh, people, uh, teams might want him later on in the year. And he's probably a good fit on different places. So dude, it sounds like they want him now. It sounds like a bunch of teams have already called asking for him. Okay. I didn't even, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. He's, he's very much in demand. Uh, a lot of our guys, you know, they're all young. They're all on rookie contracts or, or recently extended. Um, but there's still all that upside. There's still all that promise. So that's kind of the theme of this entire team. Um, but there's just so many guys right now. We don't know who's going to start. We don't know who's going to play how many minutes. Yeah. Um, I love Duran in real life and I love Same. his upside. Um, uh, but in fantasy, I don't know, man. I mean, if he, if he plays, if he's got a solid role, um, if he's starting and playing close to 30 minutes, even if it's like 27, 28 minutes a game, I'll take that. But we don't know right now. We really need to find out who's going to be playing where and when. So, yeah, it's one thing I, I learned the hard way drafting in fantasy is not to draft on speculation and draft on what you know. Exactly. And I, and I always have a hard time with that because I always want to be the one to be like, I found this guy or I yeah, drafted and this guy. Fun. Really. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to do the, you know, the mystery box thing. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of doing that too. Um, but that's probably know. why I never win. you just have to you have to be calculated with it you know and i was going to say if you get later in the draft if you get you know into the 100s 
and Duran's still sitting there, sure, go ahead and take him at that point. Because at that point, you know, if, if he doesn't pan out, you just cut him, you move on, and you don't really lose too much there. Uh, but if you invest a higher draft pick in these guys and then it doesn't work out, that can screw you over. Because then you are missing out on guys that, you know, are more, you know, reliable and, and we've seen them and, and we can depend on, you know, consistency. Yep. You know, whereas this young team, all these guys, just so much talent, so much upside, but we just don't know who's going to play where and when. And I can, so we, I can go back to it over and over again. I probably mention it every week, the whole uh, keeper league between Durant and my struggle by wanting to take SGA over Durant. Yeah. And that's probably a prime example of that, that spot where I can't, because who knows that as we, we talked about it many times, SGA may not have become what he was last year, last year, and, you know, played as, as long because of uh, the team playing well, but it, kind of the same idea. I just had to go with the the safe bet, but it wasn't fun, man. And now I, re- I regret yeah. it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, I do want to point out too that your keeper league is kind of like it's not really a full-on keeper league because they're going to be True. resetting the rosters. Exactly. So that's kind of that's another thing. But in a regular keeper league, yeah, I think you would take SGA in that situation pretty much no matter what because you want to aim in a keeper league. You want to aim for that upside. You know, you want the young player that has the opportunity to do more long term. Yeah. But, yeah, um, our, our reset was pretty soon, yeah. So I guess I don't have to regret it too much, right? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's all I've got right now in the Pistons until we see more and, and find out more. I think, you know, I would, I'm would i mostly avoiding these guys in fantasy. Good deal. No, I agree. Same, I, Yeah, I have nothing more to add other than what I did. And, yeah, the Pistons are just a, a crapshoot. But who know, maybe later in the year they'll be a little more established to, you know, pick up waiver wire pickups and things like that but yeah for sure but that's about it and like you said duran i love duran too he's he might be my favorite player on the entire roster and i didn't think that because i was a, a big Cade homer so i like weissman too i mean he's he's got a ton of upside he's looked promising at times i mean he's had moments where he's kind of not looked like a number two overall pick but uh for the most part i think he's looked solid and you know if he was on a team or in a situation where he didn't have so many guys next to him, I'd be probably pretty high on him in fantasy too, for the upside again. But right now with this team and this situation, I mean, we just, we have to, we have to see more here. And then I guess actually one other comment I will make, but speculative, I don't, I Thompson looks great. Sorry. And I think he might be actually, We'll have to see what happens in uh, preseason and in early games, but I think he could be one of those guys that might be the sounds weird the most consistent guy in a lineup because I don't think they're going to be able to keep him on. It's the not bench. weird at all. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I think even if he d- begins the season coming off the bench, I don't know that that's going to last very long. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to keep him there. And I think when he does get in the starting lineup, he's going to stay there. And I think he's going to produce. I think he's going to be consistent. Um, he just looks really good. I. I don't he does. Know. He does. And all these guards are so versatile. They're, they've all got so much size. They can all play different spots. Like they can move um, Thompson to the three. Cade Cunningham can play the three. I mean, he's mm-hmm. big enough. Um, you know, Ivy and Hayes, they can play all over the place. You know, the one or the two. Uh, Morris has size. And your boy, Marcus Sasser. Yes, yes. Um, which, by the way, props to you for calling that. Um, oh, thanks. That was a good pick. <laughs> 
and you know he's buried right now in that in the rotation but i mean he's another guy that you know depending on what happens here he's got potential you know but we just don't know who's going to have what role and when exactly and i'm actually really excited i've never been to a, a g league uh pistons game and i'm really excited to go to some this year based there on the people go. that'll Good probably call. be down there so i yes we'll definitely be doing that yeah we will <laughs> we'll be talking so uh all right, so I think that covers East A. Um, yep. I think what we're gonna do. We want to just do one team. Start with the Milwaukee Bucks of East B, and then uh, I think we'll call it a show after that one. That sounds good to me. All right, so Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you had some Giannis comments there in the news. So yeah, I mean, same as always with Giannis. You know, first and foremost, he's got to be healthy. If he's got any kind of knee issues, he's had stuff in the past. It's always scary. Um, and then, of course, in terms of fantasy, we've talked all about Giannis. You know, I, I don't dislike him, but across 9Cat, you know, he just has so many deficiencies. Um, he's not a guy that I like to draft real high. Um, I, I've never liked taking him in the first round. I mean, there was a time when he just had so much upside that, like, you had to take him early. But now I think he kind of is who he is at this point. And he's a guy that, like, unless you're punting categories, I don't see how or why you'd want to take him that early as a first-rounder. So, um, you know, he's still a great player. He's still a guy that you can build around and you can still win with. But it has to be, you know, very carefully thought out and planned. Um, And like I said, for me personally, I won't spend a first-round pick on him. You know, if I've got a team that's leaning towards – a punt build, you know, whether you're punting free throw percentage or turnovers or something like that, then you can maybe do it. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I'm usually just letting somebody else take him and, and, and try to do that challenge of putting a team around him. Um, still a great player and still awesome in real life. And, you know, we've talked all about our playoff league that we did, you know, if you ever want to take a chance on the Milwaukee bucks, I mean, they've proven that they can win. And um, if you're in a playoff league, I, I love taking a guy like Giannis because they've they've always got a chance to go on a deep run. But during the regular season, um, just too many deficiencies. And again, just too many chances of like missing games, whether it's with injuries or resting. You know, this Milwaukee team's been so good, you know, every year they always they're always one of the best teams in the East. And so they get off to these huge runs early they win a bunch of games and then they that affords them the ability to kind of sit and rest these guys so mm-hmm. um you know yeah, i love i was gonna say i love brooke lopez and drew holiday uh, but they run that same risk you know if they if this team's too good they have a chance of sitting games yeah i was gonna say um it, it sounds crazy but to me i don't like anybody on this team i don't want to draft anybody on this team uh just personally the Giannis thing you just went through and i think he's one of those guys that you just sit back and watch and watch him drop watch him drop and then if it falls to some point where your heart starts beating so fast that you have to take him then okay go ahead i'll draft him but um I, you've you've done some mock drafts though recently, and you've got Brook Lopez in a really nice spot. I would take him where you've been getting him in those mock drafts, so because he's just a great defensive player. Blocks are always good to have. Yeah, um, and again, to be clear, it, it's all dependent on what type of league you're in. You know, yeah. I'm referring to a standard nine category league, but if you're in a points league or something like that, it's a completely different ball game, sure. a completely different conversation. But assuming that you're in a standard nine cat league, whether it's roto or head to head. Um, 
you know, it's all about, it's all about the production across nine categories. And for a guy like Brooke Lopez, you know, we've talked all about him. He was so, so good last year. He finished 22nd overall on the season. Mm-hmm. And you can't ignore that. I mean, I know he's old. <laughs> he's <laughs> been around forever. And he's had some injury issues in the past as well. But he's coming off a season where he played 78 games. Like I said, he was 22nd overall across nine categories. And, and now he's got his brother. So he's going to play even more loose. He's got so his he's brother gonna be back. They're going to be <laughs> like, doing the wrestling stuff. They're going to be having fun. They're going to be loose. They got a brand new coaching staff. Everybody's all excited about that. Um, just a lot of good vibes. And this team's hungry. You know, they lost early. Oh, yeah. We talked all about it. They got bounced in the first round. Yeah, they got to be bitter. By Miami, by the eight seed. Um, so, yeah, I think if, if they're healthy, if, if Giannis is healthy, um, they've always got a shot. And I think they're going to go for it. You know, they they re-signed Lopez and they extended, you know, Drew Holiday. They re-signed Chris Middleton. They're going for it, clearly, with this team. They're, you know, they're committed to these guys and this core nucleus. And, um, yeah, so I, I like them. But, yeah, you you have to consider the fact that, you know, these guys could very easily wind up either getting hurt or just resting. You know, we've talked about the new CBA and how, you know, for anybody trying to get awards and stuff, like you have to play a minimum of 65 games. That helps for fantasy, but it doesn't guarantee anything. So um, I did just want to say real quick, um, Chris Middleton, he's coming off a disappointing regular season, but he looked back and healthy come playoff time. And I think he's going to build on that. I think this new coaching staff will kind of, you know, kind of get him back on track and, and get him refocused. He's got his contract settled now too. So um, I just, I like where this team's at. I like where these guys are at. It's all going to be dependent on health. And obviously we talked about Giannis. He's got to be healthy. His knees have to be good to go. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think in terms of fantasy, I mean, I love Drew Holiday as like a secondary point guard. Um, he's a guy that I tend to take in drafts and mock drafts. Um, once I have kind of like my top guards established, but I'm just looking for depth behind them. So as long as you're not committing too early of a pick to him, I like him if he falls far enough. If he's in like, if he falls to like the forties, I'm, I'm, I really like him in that range, you know, where you have other guards that you can pair with them. Yeah. Drew, Drew Holiday's burned me in the same game parlays, and that's <laughs> makes me hesitant. Yeah, I see him. and he's burned me too with again, you know, like injuries and just resting and stuff like that. He seems be... very matchup related. Obviously, I feel like he has a good game or a bad game. Yeah, not I shouldn't say a bad game, just a less productive numbers game. He's always he's yeah. always a great player. He's a great player defensively. He does all these good things on the floor. Yeah, um, that's a good, and that's a good way to put it. But. He just, I don't know. He just doesn't fill the stat sheet every day. I guess yeah. is what I should say. So he, he, he makes me a little hesitant. I, though we, I mean, we talked about him. I love him. I love him as a person. I love him as a player. Just, yeah. Um, I guess not my first fantasy choice though. But yeah, like you said, depends where he falls and where where you get him and if it fits. So. Yeah. Um, and I do think that all four of those guys will start this year. Um, the last starting spot. I think is up for grabs. I do kind of consider Grayson Allen to be, he's the incumbent guy. And I think Mm -hmm. he's probably the favorite 
I think he fits in well with those four other guys. I think they've proven that. Um, but they have a lot of competition there. Um, Pat Connaughton's still there. Bobby Portis, of course. I don't think Portis is a starter if those other four are healthy. I think Portis will always be kind of a bench guy. Um, but they brought back Jay Crowder. They brought in Malik Beasley. And Beasley's a really good fit with those guys, too, because he can spread the floor. He can shoot, um, you know, create a lot of floor spacing. So that's a really good fit. Um, but I just I, I love the depth of this team. I love the continuity of this team, even with the new coaching staff. I just get a lot of positive vibes. And again, I think it's going to all come down to health and also just how good they are from the get go. And, um, you know, if they if they're too good you run that risk of them maybe sitting out some games. But I think even if they do wind up resting people, I think they'll be strategic. I don't think they'll just shut down the whole lineup. I think it'll just be like certain nights here and there, maybe one or two of them rest, you know, back-to-backs and stuff like that. But that all comes with the territory in fantasy. You just have to be alert and aware to the schedule and, and everything else that's going on. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I get a good feeling from this team. And I, I honestly, to me, they're the – just behind Boston, probably the second best team in the East when you actually break it down and put it on paper and the way they can play and their potential. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, maybe. But the East always has stayed. I always see out with the West, too. I, these conference, There's more and more parity in the league these days, so maybe they get more playing time because they're not running away as they usually do. But it's to be seen next year. But, uh, exactly. Time to go, Maryland. <laughs> Anyways, I think that wraps up this episode here. Um, we will continue uh, next week with the, we'll probably finish up East B with New York, Miami, Washington, and Charlotte. Um, again, as always, we thank you for listening to Menace Podman. You can find new episodes every week. Um, I don't think I would, I, I try to get them out Thursdays, but I got a little inconsistent. We've had some Friday or late night Thursday releases. So if you're looking for them, they're always there, though. We haven't missed a week in uh, since the beginning of the year. So we're, we're on right. fire. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on threads at Menace Podman. Send us a note if you got anything you'd like us to talk about. Um, special thanks to, you know, everybody. Good Pods, Feedspot, help us get exposure. We'd love that. Um, we actually gained some more... Uh, some spotify followers this week we're up to 14 which sounds like a very small number to but to us it's huge so we we'll thank you it. we appreciate and, uh, it and if there's more people out there just give us a follow we, we love it um so yeah we encourage you leave a review leave a rating give us a message and uh support your podcast if you'd like to cheer so uh we'll talk to you again next week thanks scott thank you Parliament.